Welcome to the Anonymous Andrew Podcast. Life and the choices we make, the choices other people make. This podcast explores all things as they relate to dating and romantic relationships. Why we ignore or choose to ignore or miss the red flags. Red flags like gaslighting, cheating, lying, narcissistic behavior, deception, addiction, and so much more. Join me each week as we continue my journey into the modern dating world with my weekend rants, anonymous guest dating stories, and experts who share their wisdom so we can better navigate the dating terrain. If you are new to the show or have been with me from the beginning, hold on tight for the Anonymous Andrew Experience. Greetings, Anonymous Andrew. Life and the choices we make. Thank you for joining me. And today, in my continuing series of the Twin Flames Universe Controversy docu-series, podcast series, still haven't come up with a name for it yet, but I am doing a investigation in the podcast style, into the Twin Flames universe, a.k.a. cult. And if you are just tuning in, um, you should really watch the Netflix and Amazon documentaries to follow the bouncing ball on this uh, these episodes. So, let's get into, speaking of episode, let's get into the episode. Today... It just keeps getting better and better. Uh, So the last episode we had a high school friend of Megan come on and share about her uh, memories of Megan during her high school years. Today, this episode, I have the woman or a woman who rented a room in her house to Jeff and Shalia back in 2016. Jeff and Shalia were bouncing around from house to house and apparently hotel from hotel. They couldn't establish a base, but this was the beginnings of their YouTube following. And I'm going to stop there and let my guest do the rest of the story because it's quite fascinating. It gives us a little peek into Jeff and Shalia's mind back in 2016 before this all really exploded. So sit back and enjoy this. I think you'll like this one. We'll talk on the other side. Ciao. Greetings, an anonymous Andrew with you again. And we are now in episode number four of my series investigating the Twin Flames universe. And today I have a, I am just shocked that I actually have this guest. I have Kat with me and Kat had Jeff and Shalia stay at her house. Um, Well, let me, let me welcome Kat to the podcast. Kat, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you, Andrew. 
thank you. I just, I'm, I feel like a kid in a candy store right now. This is like school, like, like beyond great. Okay. So Kat, you know what? I'm, I'm going to shut up and let you tell the story, but just the audience knows that you put up or rented a room to Jeff and Shalia from the Twin Flames universe, probably prior to they were famous, I'm guessing, right? They, they hadn't started the, the, the organization yet? Well, they had a, a YouTube channel that they often mentioned to me about Twin Flames, but I really just didn't pay any attention to it. So didn't check out their YouTube while they were with me. But so it, they were just getting started. And it was early, so, 26, early 2016. 2016. Okay, I'm, I'm going to make some notes here. So it's fair to say that you had no idea who these who these people were or who who they would become. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, let's start from the beginning. How did you get them to become tenants in your home? Okay. So I had a um, a large Victorian home, and um, it just came back to the area from working out of state, and uh, put out on Craigslist, I believe, that I was looking for a single roommate and they reached out to me and as far as I can recall only one of them responded and so I thought one person was coming to my door gave them my address and then when I when they got there it was the couple uh, which threw me off right away it's, as I said it was a small room and um, I live alone so I really wasn't excited about having two roommates um, in the house and um, they gave me a story that they were living with a woman who was crazy and uh, they made up all this stuff about the woman and uh, took me about 48 hours to figure out why they were calling her crazy because <laughs> they're they're tough um, but anyway so i like i said they they seemed a little spiritual they seemed a little uh, um, kind of on the into the same things i am so i agreed and i rented them uh, in my home they were only supposed to have access to like the bedroom and uh, a full bathroom that would have been theirs and it was matter of days really quickly that I realized I was outnumbered, um, that they were really good at mind games and that I needed to do what I could to get them out of my house as quick as possible. And I just started going downhill from there. All right. So yeah, there's a lot, there's some questions in there. So number one, did you draw up a lease or was this like, we did a one-page agreement uh, on paper and nothing online. Yes. Okay. And it was for a year? Was it month to month? Month to month. Oh, okay. All right. And so they ring the doorbell and you and you invite them in. And I'm, I'm assuming you interviewed them. You sat down and had a conversation with them. What gave you the initial feeling... Well, number one, you were looking for one person, so two were there. You you must have did you sign the paper that day, or did you think about it and have them come back? Yeah, that was the thing. They were really pressuring me that they had to get out of this woman's house right away. So, oh. um, and they're very persuasive. Um, and again, when people have their things in their car, uh, that should be a huge red flag. But um, they won me over with their answers to my questions and I let them move in right away. Well, we, we their, know their, their, their things were in their car. <laughs> wow. So they, they basically had moved out already from the other place. I'm guessing. 
It sounds so like yeah. So you you don't believe the story that she was crazy? She you just they probably got evicted or I mean obviously you don't know, but I don't, but I knew after spending less than two or three days with them that that they give they'll make you they'll make you question things i mean they they play mind games and so right off the bat i'm like of course they they made her crazy they're making me crazy after a yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> fairly quickly so so you felt after, after watching i just want to throw out after watching the documentaries um on them online it it seems like the time frame maybe they weren't coming from some woman's house it might match up from when they left his friend's house over by lapeer in michigan um because oh. it sounded like the timelines lined up for early 2016. well uh, let's just put it out there and, and again anything that's said in this other than what cat says what i say is just repeating or conjecture from what i saw on the on the documentaries but Jeff seems to be a, a master manipulator. Like he is extremely well at gaslighting, extremely well at psychological manipulation. Uh, to get where he is today, you, you, while that are not good qualities, it's it got him to where he is today. But he's, I, I, I and I said this in the last episode. I, he just seems to be a very unstable man. But to be able to swindle his way into your home and swindle all these, I don't know if swindle is the right word, all these people to join his organization and pay all this money. The man has got some parts of his brain working. Uh, I, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing boggles me. It's just, this is why I'm doing this. It's just fascinating that this man and woman have have been able to do this and, and and continue to do it even after the documentaries came out and they did a, I think they did a, a a public a PR statement after the documentary um, and and I heard that their that their sales are down but they're still up and running so anyway we're getting off topic here so you had the interview with them and they won you over because you were looking for one person and they show up with two people and you see the car is loaded with their effects, their clothes and, and belongings. Uh, how, how quick did they move in? I think that day, if, if my recollection is correct. Great. Wow. Away. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, I, I think my next question would be, what was the first red flag that gave you pause? Like said, uh Oh, I might've made a mistake. Well, I remember telling friends within a day or two, I said, I'm outnumbered here. Um, I, it, it really felt like mind game started from day one. Uh, but the red flag, I guess the first thing is I had a fairly new puppy that was a rescue and she had some real issues and he, acted like it was his dog and started correcting my dog in front of me. And, and that just you know, pissed me off, honestly. And, um, uh, uh, but he just, they made themselves so at home again, I was renting them a room in a bathroom and they are night owls. So they would stay up all night long while I was trying to sleep. Eventually it got to the point where I couldn't in my own home. Um, but, uh, you know, play in house in my house all night long 
as if it were their home. And so right away he started saying, this is my house. You're going to move out. Like started playing these kind of mind games with me. Um, this, this is our place. And started, and honestly, I was like, I'm outnumbered. These guys are scaring me right off the bat. <laughs> so, so these are the mind games he was playing. He was asserting his dominance. He, he was he, trying to establish 100%. some sort of, yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. This is a okay. I'm not hundred, hundred and some year old house that I bought and it remodeled and it was, you know, my pride and joy. I loved it. And it, right away, he's like, you're going to move, you know, just playing these weird, this is our house. And it just kept, you know, it was almost like subliminal messaging when we're in the same room. So it wasn't long. You said that they aligned with your spiritual values. So I guess you, you, during the interview, you picked up, you talked about spirituality, I guess. That's probably where he did his, his psychological manipulation into get, getting you to take him in. And, and they moved in that night. And, and so you're basically saying within several days, you, had, you knew you had made a mistake. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so any give us some other tidbits of so they're they're night owls, they try so they they had a bedroom and a bathroom, but they made themselves like so the living room was supposed to be off limits to where were they where were they supposed to eat and cook? the kitchen or the kitchen um uh, obviously oh okay, uh, although they it was very minimal uh, it was funny because i saw in the documentary as well that one of their friends said all they ate was hot dogs and it was very similar at my place um it was obviously didn't have any money because it was like ramen noodles mac and cheese and hot dogs um a lot of hot dogs um but even the grocery store they would go out at you know 2 30 in the morning to the 24-hour market and not not ever during the day because i started thinking really fast uh, gonna change the locks gonna get them out of my house and <laughs> uh, started trying to, to make a plan and um in the very early on as well another thing that happened is um it was the election year and uh, bernie sanders was uh, going to be at eastern michigan university which is quite far away and I, I can't imagine why, I, I can't recall the situation, why I got in their car, but we went to see Bernie Sanders together. That was the only time I ever did anything with them. And uh, I rode in the backseat of this car that had no heat, um, was going sideways down the road, like it was out of alignment. And I, I still can't imagine why, why I didn't drive to this, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> cold Michigan and there was no heat and, I, and we went over there and then the car wouldn't start after the Bernie Sanders event. And, um, we had to wait for a record to get it jumped and get back. And uh, so that, that was an interesting and weird day. But it, again, it, the first few days when I still um, thought we might, you know, have something in common and this might work out, but uh, it shifted very fast. So they did use the kitchen, but again, never came out during the day. They, I think they set up and made these videos late at night on their YouTube channel um, when it was quiet in the house. And so then they would be, I had a home gym, I had a living room, an office. It was a, it was a large home. And they were just, I would see evidence when I'd get up that they had just been all over the house. I'm very clean and um, real nitpicky. And I could pretty much tell what they'd been doing all night or where they'd been, um, just utilizing anything and everything they wanted to. Mm. Um. Uh, so, oh God, I just 
so many questions. Uh, so did they, pay, they, they came in, did, and you, you settled on a price or whatever you, you asked for in Craigslist or whatever, uh, they paid cash. Yes. And, and did they, did you require a deposit? Yes, I did. Okay. And they, and they paid that. So the, they, 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 all right. So uh, they had not, not right away though. That was something they gave me a little bit at a time, the, the deposit. Okay. But they paid the first month's rent. They did. Okay. And, and did they ultimately pay the deposit? They did. Yes. Okay. Just fat. This is just fascinating to me because this is giving us a peek into them. You know, we only know them. Well, you know them from be, before they're famous, but we, the public, only saw the documentaries and and don't know much about them. But uh, I interviewed a young lady two nights ago who went to high school with Megan. And so I got a peek into her youth, you know, her high school years. And now I'm getting a peek into before they were the king and queen of TFU, you know. Uh, okay. This is... So th this is fascinating stuff to see how how this empire and, and I don't mean that in a good way, but how this empire that they built w was founded on and the mindset that they were in. This let me ask you this: the spirituality that they talked about that you seem to maybe have bonded over. Do you think it was all? I'm just going to say it all bullshit. Or did you genuinely see that they were a spiritual couple? Um, in the beginning, I thought it was legit, but um, it seemed to be, like I said, I just felt manipulated really early on. Um, so I felt like I'd been taken advantage of and just was trying to figure out how to get them out of my house because um, it just was nonstop whenever I'd see them um, about, you know, this is our house. We're going to stay here. We're going to set up shop here. And they also told me a little bit about their past and that they had been, lived in Arizona and, and Hawaii and didn't have any family in Michigan. So imagine my surprise to find out that they, you know, he had at least grown up here and they did have people here because they made, made it sound like they just were kind of passing through Michigan or liked it and wanted to check it out. And that was all lies. From from what I understand, Shalea or Megan's father lives in Michigan, I believe. I don't. Oh, I didn't know that. I knew she was from Canada from the documentary, and uh, um, his family is here as well. And but he, they gave me no indication that they had any history or any people in Michigan at all. Well, okay. So uh, again, I'm just repeating what was told to me. The the woman I interviewed the other night she said that her mother megan's mom died when she was in high school and the father had moved to the united states while she was in high school so megan went to live with her aunt in canada so the father she did say to to the states and i thought she said michigan now i i could be wrong so maybe they didn't have family there but regardless they as you well know they separate themselves from the families and they do that to their victims you know they they try to alienate you from your family anyway so to them family means nothing from what i gather 
And I got the same impression about when people were at my home. Um, he made some comment one time when I had a friend over, uh, a neighbor that came in, you know, helped me shovel, just you know, a nice neighbor down the street. And if he was around, um, Jeff didn't like it. They, they seemed to like it when I was alone as well. Huh. So, so a neighbor would come sh help you shovel, and he didn't like that. He, I guess he felt threatened that there would be another male dominance. Hard, so hard to know. I just got yeah. the impression that they liked it two-on-one. Well, sure, the odds are in their favor. Yeah. And if somebody else is there, then he has to deal. That's, that's yeah, that's typical manipulation. Um, or, or, and it kind of grooming is the impression I got, you know, yeah. slow, slowly working on you just little by little mm -hmm. wearing you down. I have done a lot of research over the past 15 months on gaslighting and psychological manipulation and deception because this podcast was spawned from a relationship that I was in who this woman did very similar things that she manipulated me and yada, yada, yada. So I'm familiar with this type of strategy where they can, uh, I'm going to repeat the word again, gaslight. And so gaslighting is basically getting you to believe or do whatever they want you to do. And then you start to doubt yourself. So at any point, did you, doubt that maybe it was you not them i mean did they give you any signs that or, or or right from the beginning it was after the first week i gotta get them out of here because you said how how long when you went to see biden at the, at the university how many weeks into the them being there was that oh that was like the first within i would think 10 days Real oh, early really? on. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Real early on. Um, Cause after that, I absolutely wouldn't have done anything social with them. Uh, there was an incident where I, both of the bedrooms were upstairs and I, I came out of my room and it had a old, like I said, this house was 120 years old, but it had an old spiral staircase and, a, you know, railing and a long way down. And um, he grabbed a hold of both of my arms and backed me up to that railing and because he was talking about buying the house and I just laughed at him. I'm like, you're not going to buy this house. You don't have any money or, you know, like I'm not going anywhere. And, and, uh, anyway, physically held both of my arms backed me up to that railing. And I thought I was going to go over. It scared me. And, uh, really? I ended up calling the, yeah, I ended up calling the police that day and he wasn't a very big individual. Um, and I, you know, I work out a lot, but still it, it just two against one and you're standing at the top of a staircase and yeah. I was scared. I was scared. So I ended up calling the police and talking to them and asking what my recourse was. And then, um, found out that since I had signed a paper with them and they had given a deposit, they were essentially a tenant and I had to go through the whole eviction process and try to try to find a reason. It's not like, you know, non-payment or something normal you can put on a, uh, an eviction notice. Um, you know, just, just a feeling that, that this wasn't, cool and I wanted him out of my home. I didn't feel comfortable anymore. I didn't feel safe in my own home, um, especially after that incident up at the top of the stairs. So um, I knew I didn't have any legal recourse. And basically the police told me if I did anything, I would be breaking the law to get them out. I, I, 
it's, it's, so you're in Michigan and I'm in New York, and it seems that that law is very common because I did rent a room to somebody many years ago in a house that I was in, and I had the exact same problem. They were uh, alcoholics and drug addicts, and they were disruptive and coming and going and drug dealing and yada, yada, yada. And I called the police and I got the exact same line that there's nothing you can do. Um, if you kick them out, if you lock the door, if you if, put their furniture, if their clothing on the front lawn, you're breaking the law. And it's amazing how you don't have any rights once you open up your home to somebody. Yeah, the, it's a small town. The police were very sympathetic, but they also, you know, made it clear that I'm the one that would be in the wrong if I did act on yep. it. Yep. Yep. And I eventually, and I eventually did because it just got so bad I didn't care anymore. All right, so let's talk about that. So, all right, so ten days in, you go see Biden speak at a, at a university. It was Bernie Sanders, but okay. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Bernie. Yeah, Bernie Sanders. Uh, you can't keep. Tra- I can't keep track. Um, <laughs> And, and don't even get me started on this next election. Um, so what you come back from from Bernie Sanders and let's go from there. So now just 10 days in almost two weeks. When do you start to plan your escape or your eviction? <laughs> really escape, uh, but it, it went on for a very long time because I was, it, I felt like I didn't have any recourse and I was just trying to, you know, tolerate it. And I didn't have a reason to evict them. They had, they paid, um, you know, there was nothing legal that I, I didn't have any legal recourse. So, but at this point I was, I work from home I run my own business. I couldn't sleep. I wasn't working. Um, it was stressing me out so bad. Um, and, and more importantly, the, the whole night stuff, because they were just so active at night, music on and, and being up and around in my home. So I, um, the neighbor that I had mentioned earlier was an older gentleman and he was worried about me. So he started staying down at the house. And basically what the two of us did was sleep in my living room to try to keep them in their room because they wouldn't leave the house. I did actually have it for sale and they wouldn't leave for showings. They wouldn't come out of the room and it just started getting worse and worse. I think they were only eating in the middle of the night. Um, and so after, gosh, it was probably nearly three months time. I didn't care anymore. I, I lied. I told them I had a, uh, a showing for the house on a Friday evening. I had talked to a locksmith who if I paid him double would come out after hours on a Friday night. Um, and they, they kept saying, well, we're fine, we're fine. I said, no, I really need to just leave. Um, I, I have an interested buyer and, and I really just need you to get out of the house. So they left the house about 4.30 on a Friday, called the guy immediately and he got out there and he changed the locks. And then I had friends and uh, a nephew and a friend that came over to be there for when they came back because we didn't know what was going to happen. And um, I always remember we were sitting at the in front of the huge window, which overlooks the driveway. And um, we sat and watched the movie Where the Millers. <laughs> and, we <were> laugh- <laughs> and we were laughing and waiting and waiting. And they didn't come back for the longest time. And obviously, we had bagged up all of their belongings. They didn't have a lot. And it was, the room was furnished. So it was just, you know, um, candles, cards, their um, their clothing, um, not much of anything, books. And we put these in, in garbage bags and we put them out on the front porch and um, it started snowing. It was crazy. It was April. 
an April day and it was had been fairly warm. And then all of a sudden the snowstorm came in and I actually was feeling bad that their belongings were getting possibly wet out on the porch. And uh, so they rolled in about 9.30 at night and uh, walked up to the door and it was just so telling because they tried the key and it didn't work and their heads just bowed down. And it was like, I remember my nephew saying, oh, they get it. They, this, they've been down this road before. They knew the jig is up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and so without much, they went out and got in their car and drove away. And um, we didn't hear back from them. They took a few bags off the front porch. And, but uh, anyway, I, oh, I forgot the very important step is, and you know, I'm admitting that I broke the law here, but um, uh, my nephew said, do you have anything signed with them? And I said, oh my gosh, I do. And so I was like, universe which bag is it in because there was maybe you know 20 kitchen garbage bags out on the front porch the second bag i reached it reached in i filled out that pulled out that piece of paper and went in and put it in my went in and put it in my fireplace and uh we watched that burn and then the next day i heard from the police first thing and they had told me that i broke the law and um because they had been at my house maybe six times over this period with different issues coming up but anyway they told me that i broke the law and um yada yada and i said well i'm not letting them back in i don't care what you know do what you got to do but they're not coming back in my home and so the the police officer who had been out to our house several times actually offered to facilitate so i gave him the money that they had given me on deposit and he took the rest of their belongings over to the police station and jeff and Chalia picked it up from them and i didn't ever have to see them again and they told him they weren't going to press charges on me because they could have really wow well so uh, one, one question that stands out is if you had a month-to-month -month lease, how did that look? So what did that mean? At, at the end of each month, you could renew the lease, but you didn't have to. So what, what stopped you from saying, let's say at the end of the second month, I am not renewing your third month? And so... In Michigan, you actually have to give them a 30-day, it's called 30-day notice to quit that you're not going to renew it. And um, they just acted like I didn't give it to them. I would, I literally would tape it to the bedroom door that they were renting and um, it would disappear and they would act like it never happened. I mean, they were just playing total mind games. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. So that's I, what they... I, didn't, I didn't have a lot of legal legs to stand on, so I just went the other route. <laughs> but I'm wondering if you put the letter on the uh, the notice on their door take a picture of it with the date and make a, a some sort of a digital entry somewhere that i on on may 29th i gave them notice that they have 30 days and i, I don't know what the law is there so but then let them stay there for 30 days and is the law that after that 30 days, then you can change the locks? I mean, I, how does that work? No, so I you give them notice. I have to give them a reason. I guess that was the biggest stickler here in Michigan. It's a very tenant-friendly state, so I have to give them a reason. Uh, and, and with okay. them paying and, and you're not doing anything illegal, there was I really didn't have a lot of reasoning. But the next step here would be then you go out and ask for a court date, which would have taken you know a month to six weeks to get a date, depending on the court's docket. And then they you have to pay and have them served, and then you go to court. So all of that sounded like it was just going to take way longer than my sanity would allow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, listen, I'm on your side here. I'm just trying to figure I've been through this myself um, on both ends, actually. So I, I and, and of course, every state's different. But it, but yes, many states are tenant friendly. So um, 
All right, so in total, they were there for how many months? About two and a half. Two and a half, okay. And when I would converse with them about it, um, Jeff would go into his whole, uh, he even told me he was Jesus, and um, uh, how, lucky, how lucky am I to have Jesus staying in my house? He's the second coming. <laughs> um, he said, we're not, he just, we get in this weird trance-like voice, and, and he'd stare right into your eyes. It was so creepy, and he'd be like, you're not. I'm not leaving. You're leaving. This is our house. And just start playing these. Like, there was no more normal conversations. It was this just, what? <laughs> this is crazy. I, I, um, I did I did hear, I, I don't know if it was from the documentary or from others, but that he does stare right at you. And it's very, uh, very scary, very creepy the way he does that. Very unnerving. And when he's right there in your face, I mean, on video is one thing, but yeah, he was right there in my face. And uh, he just like, don't you know I'm Jesus and how lucky you are to have me in your world and you know, you're going to move. You need to start packing. It was just, it was like, like something that would be underlying on a subliminal is what I always would think of it as. But I just really felt outnumbered. And then she was there with backup, you know, she was like the, the pip and she'd like, yeah, yeah, you're moving. And just, you know, reiterating okay. every, everything he said. I'm glad you brought that up a big, again. So I, I, I don't keep to mean to refer to the last episode, but the young lady in the last episode who knew Megan as a high school student classmate, she said that Megan was not that type of person. She was not a leader or an instigator that she was more of a follower. And then we discussed that if you watch some of the videos on YouTube, um, and which many of us don't actually go to their channel to watch it because we don't want to give them any views, that Shalia will always back him up. Like she'll she'll sit next to him, so he, he'll make a statement and she'll just reinforce that statement. So I question whether, you know, I think last night when, or the, over the weekend when I was talking to her, we questioned whether is Shalia really along? Is she just hitching a ride with this guy, thinking this guy knows what he's doing, and he's a he? he I'm not giving Megan a pass whatsoever. She, especially now that they have a child, any mother who who has a child should get that child out of that environment. But that that's a discussion for another day. Um. But yeah, I, 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 from what I understand, Megan, did, did Megan ever, did you ever have a conversation with her one-on-one? -on -one? They were never apart. So like Velcro together. Absolutely. Ah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but she, she changed even over that period of a couple of months. Um, she went from being, you know, quieter to more confident, more, um, as I said, she was just, it was more like she was just reiterating and repeating everything he said to, yeah. you know, playing along, but she seemed just as involved as him. And then they would go into their, Oh, we're soulmates and we're twin flames. And they would tell me their whole story. And, and I, I do in my consulting firm, I, um, I have to find people and in, in their contact information a lot. So I have these services that I pay for. So obviously I ran some background checks on them and I couldn't find her like that. And then I realized very quickly that that Shalia was a made up name 
and mm-hmm. I did I did find out that her Meg was her name was Megan Plant Platt something like that. Um, but I, I just that even started making me more nervous because they were um, at that time he called himself Aeon and then I mm-hmm. his last name Aeon and then I looked in Hawaii and he had a different last name out there yep. mm-hmm. and then he went by. So all of that was making me really nervous on the who on the heck I let in my home. Um, but with with her she she got with the program pretty fast. So. Yeah. Well, again, I'm I'm not going to defend her, but I think she she found herself. They they were not married at that point, correct? As far as you know, because right. no, they, they 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 ultimately did get married, I believe. Uh, I I think she found a a. a albeit he was unstable mentally, but she found a man who could get things done. And from, from, and again, again, I'm just repeating what I heard. Jeff found her somewhere sleeping in a garage on a mattress. This is what uh, I think he said in a YouTube video that he discovered her on down on her luck and, and he rescued her. So in a sense, he was her savior and she was going to always look up to him. And, uh, if I watched my man go from house to house and, and although I, at some point I would question why are we getting kicked out of each house? But <laughs> I, I, I can see why she would cling on to him and reinforce him because he, he, she was his gravy train, as they say, you know, um, well, their income I haven't... Tied together because I asked them about their income source, obviously, and they had told me that they're making so much off YouTube and everybody watching their, their Twin Flames YouTube channel. And they kept saying, check it out, check it out. And I had zero interest. So I never even looked at it. Um, but their story to me was that uh, he was in Hawaii and she was in Arizona and she uh, started instant messaging him or something. But then he flew to her or she flew to him. I think it was he flew to her in Arizona. And then they ended up uh, connecting, um, realizing they wanted to be together, and then came to Michigan after that was the story they told me. Mm. Okay. I, 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 at some point, I'd like to get to the bottom of how they actually met because he, he says one thing on YouTube, but I'm, I'm hearing other things, and it's just, it's just a part of my investigation into this is just trying to get some of the details that... Uh, while Amazon and Netflix did a fantastic job, I think in the documentary in portraying how bad this organization or cult is, um, I, I'm trying to get some of the nitty gritty stuff like what you're telling me. And um, I, I, I have a question. Um, I, I'm just curious. You said that they were up at all hours and that they were all over the house made themselves like a bit, the, each room available to them. Th- th- this is a, a just purely curiosity. Was there much sexual activity in, between them or did you not know or was that or did they make that obvious? Um, not, not that I know of. I mean, I'm sure there was, but I have, you know, like I said, I would be right. hopefully sleeping. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or and likely at work, honestly, like I'd be downstairs working and have music on or something and, and not hear them. Okay. 
I, I because I'm just thinking you you had mentioned something earlier that they were all over the house and using all different all different rooms, and I'm my my mind of course being a male went to directly to like maybe they're having sex on the couch or on the kitchen counter or something and and but if you if you didn't see any of that then I did not the, no. okay but we were all on a hundred percent different schedules like it, like I said if I did see them they were coming down together to go to the they go in the bathroom together they would <laughs> cook really together. yeah wow. like they always always went in the bathroom together it was kind of weird and like one of them would be showering and or together i honestly don't know the laundry room and bathroom that they used was a completely different room than a, than bathroom than i used and um if they went in there it was always both of them <laughs> and and were they clean people like what did if when they ate their hot dogs or whatever meal they cleaned up did they, I mean, Probably meaning like, did they leave the kitchen a mess? Um, not really, no, because I didn't, uh, didn't cook very much. I, I, so let me re rephrase that. What was their bedroom tidy? Did you ever peek in the bedroom? Was it, I'm just trying to get an idea. Are they, were they trashy people or, or, or they were, I don't think so. Um, I, I probably only peeked in there maybe once the whole time. They kept it. I think they put a different lock on that door so that I couldn't get in there. And I had put a. Um, my room was like a, a suite that had a giant master, a middle room, and then the upstairs bathroom is the one I used. And I put like a nail in the in the door jam so they could never get into my bathroom or my bedroom suite. Um, but uh, it it did seem quite tidy and and organized in there. Okay. The one, okay. Maybe the one time that I saw in that room. Just fascinating. I, I find this fascinating. It, it, not in a good way, but, you know, obviously it's it's where, where they ended up. So th this was in 2016, you said, right? It is. And it, one interesting thing is in one of the documentaries, I, I definitely saw some of those YouTube videos were filmed in that room because I recognized my room. And then there was another place in our little town. There was a little river with an island with a gazebo in it. And they would do some of their videos down at that as well. Um, um, so it was, it, you know, pretty interesting when you're seeing that and knowing like, oh, my God, they were doing this way back then. Yeah. When they, yeah. When they well, that, home. that's where they were building their empire. They were they were this whole this whole TFU before they even called it the Twin Flames universe was all on YouTube and, and they they grew their following from YouTube and then they I, I don't know this is why I'm again doing this I'm trying to th there's gaps in in the story from um, I don't think Netflix I don't remember if Netflix did a chronological story of how everything happened like I'd like to know how he met Megan and um, at, at what point so so we know that at 2016 they stayed at your place. You you have no idea where they went after they left your home, correct? The cop told me the cop told me they were at a local hotel, motel, I should say. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, the stories they told me, I kind of figured they'd leave Michigan, but um, was obviously very surprised to see that they didn't and stayed here. Yeah, no, they're planted there now, right? Isn't there? He finally he did buy a home, correct? He a had, couple he of owns, them. There was 
one there was a real large home down in Farmington Hills, Michigan, because they saw the police were trying to see if there was anything they did illegal there. And then the other one is up in northern Michigan. Yeah. Sutton's Bay. Sutton's Bay it is. One of the things that disgusted me when I watched the documentary was the the way he flaunted his earnings. Like he had a Porsche he talked about, he had a Corvette parked in the driveway. Um, I don't know if, if I was looking to build an empire and looking to get people to give me money to join this organization. I don't know that I would flaunt that I'm that with your money, I'm buying Corvettes and Porsches and I own three homes because it, it, it would make me think, well, then why do I, you need my money? You know? Um, yeah, it kind of blew me away as well. And, and, and how quickly it happened. But yes, exactly. Um, fancy sunglasses and driving that Corvette. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. He had a pair of sunglasses that he only used for the Corvette. I mean, that's this is the stuff I'm talking about. I mean, <laughs> I, and, and yet telling people to get credit cards so that they could put all that on their credit card. He didn't care if anyone was in debt. Correct. Uh, all of the things that people were doing. But as long as you're sending them the money. Um, unbelievable. Unbelievable, because they didn't have two nickels to rub together at my house. That was obvious. <laughs> and yet they paid the rent, and they they paid the rent. They paid the deposit. It they bought that, food. It wasn't that much. It wasn't that yeah. much at the time. We've had some inflation since then, so I didn't charge them that much. Um, and um, they did have a deposit on with me, which was maybe six hundred, I think, something like that. So. Okay. Well, you can make money on YouTube, and apparently they, uh, I, I, again, I don't, this is why I'm, again, doing this, is trying to get a timeline as to when they started this whole concept, and and then it grew into the Twin Flames universe at some point. Uh, maybe I got to go back and watch the documentary the third time and um, take notes. But, okay, Kat, is there anything else you can think of that we skipped over? You, you might have might remember yeah i don't i don't think so it's just uh it was a lot of you know just trying to get through day-to-day uh, -to -day. um how, like I said, how about how about their hygiene there were they <laughs> they use um well, dr bronner's that's the only thing they had in my bathroom so they must have you know that that's that one that says it's all in one shampoo and <laughs> Um, shampoo, wow. uh, body wash, to brush your teeth with it. I got, I don't know, but that was the only thing that was in the bathroom. <laughs> so. well, at least they brushed their teeth. Okay. <laughs> no, because I, I, I'm, if you, if you are any fan of history, like the Bonnie and Clyde's and, you know, uh, I can't think of all the, the, the male and female, um, couples that were criminals or whatever they would they're always moving always on the run i i wonder what kind of life that is and obviously now he's settled down and he's got all the comforts of home but leading up to that must be quite a journey of living out of your car living out of plastic bags having one toothbrush and one bottle of shampoo a body wash it's just mind-boggling to me but um 
in no way do I want to give him any kind of kudos or credit, but it takes some gene. He's got to be a genius, but a very mentally unstable genius. Um, I, I would imagine he's a very, very, very intelligent man, but uses that intelligence in, in a very bad way. Um, yeah, they had no regard for how their actions affected anybody. And, uh, you know, I no. definitely got that impression because I would say, you know, like, I, I need to sleep. I need to be able to work during the day. And they just did not care about any of that. They did not their, care. It was their agenda. And like I said, they would always bring it up. Like, you should get on our Twin Flames and you should check out. We're magic and we know all about this. And we can, you know, telling me I needed a partner. And I'm like, I'm just fine. I'm just fine. Thank you very much. But I never even opened their YouTube. I didn't think it was legitimate of anything but no i've never looked at it even to this day so yeah no and no like, and, like and, i said i did see some of the clips where i, re I recognized my home and i recognized that um the the little island where they had filmed some of their videos so. that's about all i know about those kids <laughs> yeah um at that time how old were they do you know i don't know maybe early 30s okay she might have been younger yeah i think she i think she is a lot younger because she graduated her high school in 2004 um so here it is 20 years later so if she, let's say she was 18 when she graduated that would make her 38 now and you're talking four eight years ago so no, yep. yeah, so she would have been 30. Okay. Okay. I did have one more question and in typical fashion I didn't write it down. Um <laughs> but that's okay. Um Kate, I I can't begin to thank you enough for coming forward and sharing the story and I I, I am sorry you had to go through this. But I guess the silver lining on this cloud is that you had a brush with. Oh, my God, I was going to say fame, but it's not the kind of fame you want to have a brush with. But um, I think it was a brush with a sociopath. And yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> and I got out relatively unscathed, I guess. You did. You did. Did you ever end up renting out the room to anybody else? No, I ended up selling the house shortly after that. And oh, you did? Okay. And, and the crazy thing is, if you look him up, it's still showing my address on, on some of the services and things. So no kidding! Wow. Yeah, yeah. So people were looking for them, but I did shoot you over a picture of uh, us at that Bernie Sanders event, and you're welcome to use that if you'd like. <laughs> okay, and it's funny that he kept saying that to you in the beginning that he was going to buy the house from you, and he when went, you put... he didn't say buy, Andrew. <laughs> Oh, he's uh, it's gonna be our house. You're leaving. Like he thought I was gonna just up and leave. <laughs> oh, and just hand hand over the the deed to him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That was it. I mean, he never Delu mentioned the word bye. <laughs> that that's called delusional. <laughs> Although in his manipulation or gaslighting, he probably believed that he could do that. I think if he was able to stay there longer, he probably would have kept chipping away at you. I'm not saying you would have ultimately done that, but that's that's probably why you did what you did and got them out. You, oh, it was exhausting. It was exhausting. Yeah. He was absolutely just, every time you see, 
have you looked for houses? Where are you moving? Like, this is our house now. We're going to do this. He was making plans and talking about what he was going to do with his house. And like, yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and I, I remembered what I wanted to mention. You were talking about that they had no um, feelings or, or like when you said you were, you needed sleep or you needed to work, they didn't seem to care. There was, I believe in the documentary, right? There, there was a young lady that committed suicide because she couldn't get out or something. And when Jeff was confronted about that, um, he had no condolences for the fact that one of his members took her life. Um, very cold, very cold. So, um, yeah, uh, I, yeah, I didn't notice any conscience about, about any of their actions. No, that that's the word conscience. Very good. Yeah. All right, Kate, I, I, I won't take any more of your time. Uh, it's fascinating. Thank you so much for a peek into their past. And, um, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. Um, you're welcome. Yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, Kate from Michigan with her story of Jeff and Shalia, the leaders of the Twin Flames universe, which I'll just, once again, I'll give the groups a shout out. We belong to some groups on Facebook where we are discussing this and um, looking to find ways to bring them down. And uh, not that it's up to us and that, that we'll ever be able to do that, but to keep this discussion going and keep the topic relevant and, and current, because otherwise I think it'll fade away and, and they'll just keep going, getting away with what they're doing. I think enough, if enough noise is made, that's why I wanted to take this on on the podcast. I think if enough noise is made or enough people complain, I think the, the law enforcement is going to have to step up and do something at some point. And find something. But just like the cops said that, that they you have no legal recourse to get them out. There's got to be something that they're doing that they can shut them down. It's got. I just can't imagine in today's society they can't find in law enforcement. So, but I'm babbling. Kate, or if everyone everyone would wake up and stop sending the money, that's out of well, too. <laughs> that's that's. I'm hoping that the people that are thinking of joining, you know, they prey on the vulnerable. So, you know, a woman who's married for 20 years or even 10 years, her husband beat her or, 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 or abused her, whatever, emotionally, and she's lonely and looking to be part of something and, and comes across this, that's vulnerable. And they're, they're preying on the weak, the vulnerable, and the, the people that are down and out emotionally and spiritually and um and of course there's that type of person who wants to be to to belong to something big greater than themselves um but okay that's a topic for another another episode and, and another day but all right I'm, I'm keeping you longer than i promised thank you so much everybody kate from michigan with her story from when she rented out jeff and shalaya room in her house you poor person <laughs> you poor soul <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. Take care. All right. Thank you. I can't thank Kate enough for stepping forward. So just so you know, this is uh, I'm getting these guests from this Facebook group 
um, these two groups that I belong. I've mentioned them several times. And I have more lined up. <clears throat> um, in the beginning, I think some of them were reluctant to come on. They didn't know what my agenda was. And my agenda is purely to keep this conversation going and to get this uh, topic out into the podcast world, which is an untapped media you know, Amazon and Netflix did their thing. And, you know, you got the major networks. And I don't know of anybody like 60 Minutes or any of the cable news networks are, are doing any kind of uh, investigation into this. But <clears throat> I, I have not heard anybody. And I'm not saying nobody's doing it. But I haven't heard in the podcast circle that I'm in. And the podcast episodes that I listen to that are doing anything like this. So I, I, I'm taking it upon myself to just go in deep. And I have, I, I can't tell you what, I don't even know how to explain this. There, there's a, a, a plan being implemented Let's just leave it at that. I, I, I can't even really go into it without blowing. Well, it'll be a surprise, but it'll also be... Shut up, Andrew. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm just so excited about doing this, and, and, and it's snowballing. It's starting to take off, and I, I, I just have a lot more coming. And... Um, so anyway, I, I, stay tuned, please. Watch my social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, which everything is below in the show notes. All of that, all the promos, what is coming up, what is planned. Um, and I'm also still looking. So if anybody who's listening to this, either in the Facebook groups that I'm in or outside if you have any knowledge of tfu either you were in and you got out or you're a friend or a family member who still has somebody in or um anything in between um I, i'm really looking to get anybody willing to come on and talk about their experience whatever whatever that is um Anyway, I'm blabbering as usual. Okay. If you are enjoying any of this or finding it useful or just entertaining or educational or even before I started this, please take a couple of minutes and go down to the bottom of... If you're on Apple or Spotify, you can leave reviews. I, I would really appreciate um, your input and... Um, five stars of course would be nice but whatever you think I deserve and please pass this along to a friend somebody that you know that might be hurting or in a romantic situation where they're just struggling and they could use some help as you know my story um, I, I, I listen I went through a horrible horrible gaslighting this manipulative narcissistic relationship and I 
came out through the other end and I am in one piece. Amazing in one piece and doing very well. So I'd like to help anybody who might find themselves in that situation. And to avoid that situation, this is where I ask or urge of you to think before you commit to a relationship. If you see red flags and you ignore them and you're jumping into a committed relationship engagement or a marriage, please just take some time and think about it. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, Ciao.